0: will know the truth, and the truth will
1: set you free. Do you believe in life after addiction? You better believe it. Now, the host of Life After Addiction.
0: That's right, Life After Addiction. I'm Adam Comer. Bruce Stanley. And we are in Season 2, Episode 5. You have us in this little mini-series. We have been talking about the four... Pillars, and we are on the last pillar today. This has Flown by Bruce. These weeks, these pillars, I love them. And what these are, uh, we believe that when the four pillars are practiced on a daily basis, uh, that we're really just preparing ourselves for the pressures and temptations and the weight that we know life brings. So what we're saying is these things, reading God's Word, being in prayer, having good fellowship, which we've talked about the last three weeks, and then this fourth one today, a call to action, your action point, that when these things are pr- applied on a daily basis, man, that gives us a, a cushion. It gives us a, um, a, a layer of protection against the world. Because we're not mm-hmm. saying that if you do these things, you'll never face them. To the contrary, we go and listen to the other episodes. There's scripture that says in this world, you will have trouble. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Uh, the thief comes only to he kill, still destroy, but I have come to give life and life abundantly. So we know there's this trouble. God's with us, theme. Uh, and, and all throughout the Bible, we hear these themes of these different these pillars, really. And just to be clear, we're not talking about you know legalism. We're not talking about prosperity. We're talking about doing these things as God has commanded because He's prepared us. And I and I like to give this example because um, we're on the last one, so we, we know the storm's coming. Right? We know um, that when it comes, it's going to hurt. And I always give the example when I'm teaching it in class. I have a guy stand up. And I have him act like he's holding one of those Roman shields, right? Old, the old days, ancient shields that's from shoulder to ground. And I'm like, all right, man, now act like you, I need you to do, work on your acting skills. <laughs> now stand up. Everybody's sitting down. This guy stands up. And then I go, now brace that. Hold that shield and brace yourself like you're about to get hit. And so he starts to act. He's acting like he's holding the shield. And then I go, all right, now I'm acting like I'm holding a sledgehammer. Okay. And I have the sledgehammer, and I crow hop, and I act like I'm drilling that shield that he's holding. And, I mean, I everybody imagine, like, vibrating. Oh, and you, man, it maybe even dislocated his shoulder because I just drilled the shield. And he's probably hurt. It probably stung him. It's probably not feeling good. Everybody with me? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. i like, all right, now put let's, let's imagine that we put down the shield. Hey, lay the shield. Imagine you're laying the shield down. It's pretty funny. And so he lays the shield down, and I go, but I still have my, my sledgehammer. And then I crow hop and I just act like I'm drilling them in the dead center of the chest. I go, that's a little different, right? What happened then? Well, it's not a stinger. His shoulder maybe not out of place. He's probably dead. Mm -hmm. And everybody's like, okay. And that's what we explained. I said, that's what we think these pillars will do. They're adding this layer of godly protection for what we know is coming in this world because it's it's tapping into who God is and his power that he's given to us
1: and protection over us. Yeah. Yeah. Can I say something to that too? Yeah. Because I always like to talk about the, you know, you, you mentioned prosperity. And although God does tell us that his promises for us are blessings, um, but the prosperity uh, of God's kingdom isn't wealth or um, obtaining things in terms of possessions and stuff like that. Although it could look like that, because we see all through the Bible where God blessed people with these things in, in, in scripture. But it's more about the joy the peace, the rest that a believer has in the midst of all these things that are going on in the world. That, being able to prosper like that, in the midst of chaos but have peace, in the midst of uh, tragedy, to have rest, in the midst of, you know, all these things that that we see on a daily basis. I mean, you watch the news now, all it is about this murder, that thief, this whatever but that I could still have a peace about me in the midst of all that, that's the prosperity that God promises. And so when we're out there facing this world and we're applying these four pillars, that is the result. That's the result that God wants you to carry. And in doing so, that's what people see. So let me ask you this. Is it a surprise when you see uh, on the news that somebody died? No. Is it a surprise that we, we see tragedy in a car accident and some young person lost their life. No. Dude, is it a is it a surprise when we see that somebody broke into a store, robbed people, a home invasion, somebody hold somebody at gunpoint and stole their car? Another country started a war against another country. I mean, are these things a surprise to you? No. no, but is it a surprise when you see these things happen to people and they act like they're not bothered by it? Mm. Yes. <laughs> right. And yeah. when that person is acting that way, and it's become it's because not because they're indifferent or they've lost their mind and can't feel right. It's because they're walking around with the peace, the rest, the joy of God, knowing that there's something more than what we're just seeing in front of us happening, and that I can be okay because I have a God who protects me, a God who's out in front of me, a God who's behind me, a God who promises and can't break those promises of of the things that I will be able to endure and what's coming, my inheritance, all these kind of things. And that when you're simply doing that, we're talking about putting it into action. When you have that kind of countenance, that attitude, and people see that, that surprises them. They don't expect that, and that gives glory to God. You're actually doing, putting something into action in just that. Paul says, whether a full stomach or an empty stomach, I have the joy it comes from knowing the Lord, right? Yeah, that's mature believer alert. I mean, when you're talking, look to the
0: things that aren't seen, and you're talking about all things work for the good of those who love God, or are called according to Spirit. That doesn't mean all things are good. So, as a believer, no matter what you're facing, whether it be on the news or to you or to your family, doesn't mean you're not sad, doesn't mean you don't grieve, Right. but you have a peace, which we talked about in yeah. prayer,
1: the pillar. That is a sign that people are gonna want to know what's that about. Yeah, and I just want to say that because a lot of the guys that come into our program, you know, they're 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 expecting some kind of secret sauce or, you know, some kind of blessing from God or some sort of prosperity if if they put in if they do these things that God's asking them to do. And I say, simply, man, look, what we're arming you with is a purpose. That you can go out there in the world knowing that you're on mission. To to accomplish something, and, and what you're accomplishing isn't some man huge investment into serving God and quitting your job and going into ministry. I mean, some people call it that, but at the very simplest way, you glorify God in just your approach. Your approach to these things that are going to confront you in life, because they confront everybody. What does it say in First uh, Corinthians ten thirteen? That temptation is common to all men. Yeah, right. Everybody's going through the same thing, but. You're either surprising somebody or you're not surprising somebody by your countenance, by your joy, your rest, your peace that you're holding on to even when these things are happening.
0: Yeah. So we'll swiftly jump into this action point. Now we're going to talk about personal action and then also just kind of obedience and uh, doing, serving, uh, those kind of things. But action pillar is very important because here's what I think stems from it, Bruce. I think purpose comes from action. And purpose is a huge component to walking in freedom. When someone feels as though they have no purpose, they feel worthless. Uh, and that worthlessness is a breeding ground for disaster. Uh, I don't want to feel this way. I don't want to feel worthless. Uh, so I'm going to do what I know makes me not have to feel.
1: Right? Yeah, you disaster. know where that comes from? You know where the desire for purpose comes from? Ecclesiastes, well, first of all, it comes from God. Right. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says that God put eternity in all of our hearts. That means that every man and woman who is created by God... Has a sense within them that there's something more going on than what is just right in front of us, that there's some kind of understanding that goes beyond what we just see and what this life is about here on earth, that we are going to live forever and we simply can't understand that. In fact, in that same verse, it says that, but we would not know what God is up to from the beginning, and I mean, we have to trust Him, but we all desire to understand what is my place, where do I belong, what is my purpose. There's something that I have to, that I desire to know. Yeah. yeah. So scripture, James two twenty. uh,
0: do you want proof you foolish person that faith without works is dead? Another version, uh, translated translates it. Do you want proof you foolish person that faith without actions is worthless? And so there's this action point. Uh, there's this, and, and, and I'll go, and there's a, there's some scripture from Ezra that, that, but to really deliver it, I need to go into context and we're kind of running behind, so I'm not going to use that scripture. But the action point that I see so often, uh, I like to give this example. I believe God's given me the gift of discernment. I believe I have decent discernment, right? I think I can see things, uh, someone maybe not wearing it well on their face, and God kind of lets me, hey, you know, that's discernment. If you don't insight. know discernment, yeah, insight. And if God puts it on my heart, and I tell the guys at the Lodges when I'm talking about this, it maybe you have a gift of discernment. And there's a new guy, and maybe you see that he's just, man, he's not doing well. And you have insight that he's just having a rough day. You know what? Others might not see that. Others might not see that. And that doesn't mean that they're not any closer to God than you are. That's just your gift. And if you see that and God puts it on your heart to go and talk to him, your action point right then and there is to take a step. Go put your arm around the guy. And even though it's awkward, even though you don't want people to think you're weird, even though you don't want to do that, man, if God puts something on your heart and it's righteous and it's biblical, Mm -hmm. it's not just something in your head, do it. Take that action. If he could trust you with a little, he'll trust you with a lot. And so often, man, I'm describing these different things. Hey, what's your gifts? What's your talents? What do you think God's called you to do? Uh, Have you started to strive for that? Maybe you're in the, I mean, and I'm talking with guys, you know, in a facility and it's ground zero. we We're, You know, and so I'm trying to, hey, maybe you're not supposed to be doing this in your life. Maybe you've been running from something. Maybe you're supposed to be doing this. Uh, And and I hear so often, well, I can't take action points now with all of that. I'm in rehab. Like, man, you're that's defeated talk. You today, you have a pen and a piece of paper. We give you phone time. You know, we you have study, you have time without the busyness of life during this time we give for study and meditation. You could be doing boatloads, maybe more than you could be doing on the outside. It's all about perspective and, and to really push someone towards action um is is big. And and so you're you're gonna talk about um really obedience. And you're going to talk about serving, which is another piece of this action. And you won't believe the amount of guys that have, the alumni that I stay in touch with, um, not all of them, but for the most part, they have this longing to serve. And it gives them more joy than, I mean, you've heard it. Everybody goes on the mission trip, man, I got more out of it than I was able to give these people in in Haiti or in Africa. So
1: yeah, yeah. So first I'd like to kind of defined serving uh, because i think a lot of us have uh, this notion of what serving is and i think your example of putting your arm around a guy is serving sure and it's not i have to get on a mission trip i gotta go to bangkok i gotta you know but that is also serving and so there's Mm -hmm. this gamut of what serving looks like and it's all judged by god not by man because i think and here's another thing is that God is so good to us that he prompts us. You know, you talk about discernment, insight. You know, the world says, well, my conscience was telling me, you know, or I felt, you know, something in my spirit, you know, that was leading me to do, you know, these are promptings from God. And yeah. you feel them, but it's, it, the prompting is saying, hey, go do this. Hey, go do that. It's not your conscience. It's the spirit that God has given you or God is actually calling you to something because he can be prompting you to come to him. Right. Right. And that God doesn't leave us alone in these things that he's called us to serve one another and to serve him, uh, that God prompts us. The Holy Spirit is what convicts the heart. It's yeah. not your conscience. It's not some spirit world. It's God himself. Yeah. Uh, and, and we have to be thankful that we have a God that prompts us and doesn't leave us alone to try to figure it out by ourselves you know that we can be grateful for that two verses i want to i want to share first is james 1 that says uh be doers of the word and not hearers only deceiving yourself mm-hmm. right so, man there's so much to unpack in those short b- words in, in that one verse right and, and basically we talked about the first pillar was god's word right and that we have to consume God's word. We have to be God's word. We have to. Our identity is all wrapped up in that. And that we 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 do those things. We read God's word, but He says, "Don't." He says, "Be doers of the word." Like so many times, people and I think there's a lot of people. I don't have this gift where I can sit down and read a novel, maybe two in one day. But some people do have that gift, yeah. Right. That we could just sit and read and think. Okay, I did my part. You know, I got that accomplished. You know, box check. You know, whatever. And that we we approach god 's word that way, but god 's word is a living word it 's yeah. not just information or a story that is to be digested, and that 's it you know accomplished it mm-hmm. that we are to be doers of what it is that we read uh, and not just hearers, but I love how it finishes as deceiving yourself yeah right? That, well, I can just read God's word. I don't have to do anything about it. I just absorb it, you know, a box checked. I did, you know, my verse of the day or whatever. That's an interesting point. That's
0: James, is that right? That's James 1.22. Paul in Ephesians, I believe, chapter four, he talks about the old life and the new life. Mm. And he's talking about the corruption of the old life. You you know what corrupts you in your old life? He says are deceitful desires,
1: meaning you are being fooled for Mm. what you are longing for. Yeah, Isn't that interesting. Yeah, because we have a real enemy out there, and we we talked about in the first uh, pillar of God's Word, where Jesus Himself was tempted, and it was all three temptations were about Scripture. How either Jesus defended Himself, or even how Satan used Scripture out of context to to tempt Jesus. You know, so the Word is very important, but we have to put it in action. And then also like Galatians five thirteen that says, um, "For you are called to freedom, brothers." Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through the love, through love serve one another. And I think another translation may kind of put it in more um, layman's terms: "You, my brothers and sisters, are called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge the flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love." And that's the New International Version versus the standard English Standard Version, which I read first. Uh, and first, so flesh. Flesh means you know the, the things that you desire for yourself. Basically, it's selfishness. You know that's what he's saying in flesh. Yeah. Uh, but we're to serve one another, and so we're we're called. And again, we talked about the word. We talked about good fellowship. We talked about prayer. These are all things done in a relationship context. Right. Right. We talk to God. We we God talks to us. So we we uh, we're absorbing. Things that are about us and about God, so knowledge and wisdom, you know, and that, you know, and good fellowship we're interacting. These are all relational things because God is a relational God. In That's fact, right. he created the first relationship, Father, Son, and Spirit. Right? He is a relationship in himself. And, and so God is calling us to relationship in everything that he's doing in our life. And so um, in putting into action, it is part of a relational relationship. Uh, context. So, like, for instance, you, we always talk about our wives, right? And 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 God gives us this picture of family. In fact, He talks about marriage in in the sense of He is the br- uh, groom and we are the bride, the church, right? And and giving us this this context of a relationship and and how we are to interact with God and how we interact with each other. And so, if we don't put into action things within a relationship, and there is no relationship, right? If if we're just like I'm in a relationship but I don't do anything in that relationship. Am I really in a relationship? No. You've, you're talking to somebody online, and you're, I don't know. I don't right. even want to go there. Right. But it's, it's, it's this putting into action. God's saying, look, I'm not just telling you to do stuff just to do stuff. Like the, the purpose of doing these things is to maintain this relationship. So you, one, know your identity. Two, you know your purpose. And three, you have the sense of belonging all three of those things that are, are uh, desires that God puts in our heart that we're always trying to fulfill. And you may not realize that you're trying to do that, but that's what you're trying to do. Right. And the action point
0: that I, I it could be daily, it could be your action point, could be daily, or it could be long term. Like I know, I know that God's called me to, to not be an accountant. I know that that was the money, <laughs> and I did that, and God's called me to do this. And that's just – so it could be big picture. It could be small picture. But either way, like you said, and again, these pillars interweave. What if your action point – like my action point was to walk into that house that day when we were talking about fellowship and I was talking about my small group. God put it on my wife and I's heart. Adam, you need to go into that house. And I'm thankful I have a godly wife because I would have, I would have not have taken that action point. But the action point for that day was to walk in. And then have that fellowship that created years later of just lasting righteous friendships. Um and so it, it's it's one of those things that as you it gets easier to to do these and maybe even it's the right thing, but to do these action points, it gets easier. Uh and, and God puts harder things in your in your path, right? The, to almost kind of a faith type situation, but Doing these things, and we've used the example in season one about putting the milk up, and take just the, whatever God burdens you with, and by burden I mean just places on your, convicts you, uh, and, and you know it's God. You got to test that because a lot of times I could in my own head or in your own head, man, this is what God's calling me to do, but it's really something that maybe Adam wants to do. But when when you know that God's put something in your heart, how do you know? Walk well, through His Word, line it up. People around you will, will, um, you know, confirm that. But those are for bigger things. Some things you just got to act, you yeah. know, that are in a theme of righteousness. Some things, me going to put my arm around a guy because I could see he's having a bad day, That I don't need to test that, right? I just yeah. need to go. Well, you mentioned,
1: so two two questions are out for you, Adam, and then I will just want you to run with it. One, you mentioned uh, works and faith. So what is the difference between... What is the Bible saying when it's saying "works without faith, there is no faith," and faith without works? And it kind of seems convoluted there. What what is talking? And then the second question I have for you is: um, when you talk about uh, how it gets easier, like why does it get easier? Why? Why you say that? Okay, help help the audience out. Know like how how does it get easier? Sure, sure. So first question.
0: First question. Um, faith without works. Now that, a lot of people try to say that that's, you gotta do, you gotta do works to earn God. I mean, people will try to read that and add legalism to it. You, if you don't do this and this and this, then you are not saved. Mm. If you don't X, Y, Z. And if that's the, well, that it's kind of the opposite. It's actually, if you are saved, then you, God will put it on your heart to do this. That's what James is saying. He's saying that faith without works you might not if you're not doing things if you're not serving if you're not obedient if you're not if there's no fruit to what to this life if there's no fruit that the holy spirit resides in you he might not reside in you yeah right so faith without works so it's just it's not saying that you've got to go and serve at the homeless shelter give out blankets to the cold, you've got to go and sweep this and do that, and X, Y, Z and do this, or even baptism, and then you're saved, and then you have this faith. No, it's the opposite. Is when God saves you, there will be proof. What's that proof? It's your works, it's yeah. your
1: deeds. It's kind of like saying somebody saying, well, I want to be a dentist, but I don't really want to pull teeth. <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, and as we're wrapping up here, the last... <laughs> Well, buddy, no, as we're wrapping up here, the last question, the reason I think it gets easier, um, and I, and I could go practical or spiritual inside of this, but I think I I would just say kind of like anything else, you know, as you, as you kind of grow inside of something, when you, if you want to be a basketball player, the more shots that you shoot, the better shooter you are, it gets easier to make a free throw if you've shot a hundred, you know, Mm. uh, and and I think practice. Pr- practice, but also I think trust. You begin to trust God as you go and you're obedient and you not only see how God used you and someone else's life, but you also see what God did inside of you. Absolutely. So you it's know, a learning. It's learning. Yeah. So, yeah, man. So again, here's the final challenge in this little mini series. You've been with us four weeks in this mini series. It's been awesome. Um, I'm, you know, going to hear great things. Uh, I know guys have, have responded and talked about the pillars and here, here's what I'll challenge seven days. We've done it after every episode, but now you have all four seven days from right now, right now, listening to this seven days, be very radically intentional about applying and doing these things every single day. And here's what we know in a seven day span, the world's going to happen. In this in this world, you will have trouble. Something's gonna come at you. It might not be catastrophic, but there'll be something. And you might be at the end of the seven days and be like, Man, that was a great week. I'm glad nothing came at me. I want you to look back in that seven days and look at the things that came at you and how you were able to deal with them. Like you had a peace, you had a joy, you had a purpose, you, you, you had that layer of protection, like the shield and the sledgehammer. Something came at you and it stung. But it didn't devastate you like if you didn't have the shield and the sledgehammer to the chest, which sometimes, man, I'll look back two years from now. If that would have happened then, that would have
1: devastated me, right? And you know what's interesting in that is that not only will you notice these things about yourself, but in those seven days, if you intentionally apply these things, something will happen to somebody else mm -hmm. because of what you're doing too. Yeah, and that's just the causality of God. Mm-hmm. so awesome awesome
0: guys we have closing on this mini series we're excited you're with us let's get it baby let's apply these things let's go out and let's conquer let's be more than conquerors that's what it is life after addiction you better believe it
1: that He cannot do if we truly allow His love.
0: We can do nothing without Him. Anything that we do apart from Him is not something that's permanent. We
1: all need is grace. That's everybody. We are
0: all broken people on our way to a place that we
1: believe is,
0: is waiting on us in heaven.
1: You can find more of Bridges with Monica Schmelter at lifeaudio.com. In Christ, we are all one family. Amen.